You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right. Well, hey, before I jump into this message, uh, I'm going to tell you a joke. This one's not really long, okay? So you guys don't have to really, you don't really have to think through this one. So uh, a family decided they were going to have uh, a, a, a dinner for a lot of friends and just special people, have them come over to the house. So they prepared the whole house, got the table set. It was all beautiful. It was ready to go. And all the guests sit down at the table. And uh, the mom looks at the daughter and she says, Honey, why don't you say grace over the food? And she said, Well, Mom, I I really don't know what to say. And she goes, Well, honey, just say what I say. And so she said, Okay, Mom. So she said, Everybody bow their head. And everybody bows their head. And she says, Jesus, thank you for this food that we're about to partake of. And Jesus, why in the world did I invite all these people over to my house? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Short, funny, right? Our kids repeat everything we say, right? Come on. It's, uh, you know, I learned that one the hard way uh, a lot of times. And then I tried to blame other people. It's like, no, you, you can only blame you because they're little bitty miniature yous. So uh, just kind of funny. But um Today, what I want to talk to you about is uh, God is restoring all things. And I know that sounds kind of like, feels like, maybe feels like an oxymoron considering where we're living and what we're doing right now. Uh, But I want to tell you that God is working things together around restoration. Amen? And we really got to hang on to that. We've got to believe that. You know, I know when we take a look at the world around us and we look to the left and we look to the right, everything's broken, it seems like. And it seems like all of our sources of information are just broke. That we still got to understand that God is restoring things. He really is restoring things. And, you know, we come into church on Sunday morning and we, we come in and we're like, oh, God, you're working on things, right? And we're saying this under our breath. God, you're working on things, right? And then we go into worship and prayer and we come out of worship and it's just amazing and we get to connect with people that are like-minded and it's just amazing. And then we walk outside. <laughs> and they at- that was a great time for you guys to laugh. Come on. <laughs> the atmosphere changes. It really does change. And, um, you know, there's so many people, you know, we, we all want to keep that atmosphere. We want to keep that environment because that's where we feel hope. That's where we feel faith. That's where we feel encouraged. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to say the Lord is working things together and he is restoring all things, especially in his people, in you, in me, in us. You know, we are a critical piece of what God is doing on this earth. We've got to see that the kingdom, the overall kingdom picture is that we are a critical piece of what God is doing. And we have got to take ownership of it. And we've got to take responsibility. You know, 2,000 years ago, uh, plus, Jesus says to his disciples and tells everybody, uh, I'm leaving, but I'll be back. And can I tell you something? Jesus, not Arnold, was the original Terminator. Come on. I'll be back. What did he terminate? He terminated sin, right? He terminated sin. And so Arnold doesn't get that anymore, in my opinion. I think it's Jesus, okay? So Jesus leaves 2,000 plus years ago, and 2,000 plus years later, 
uh, here we are, and the bride is making herself ready. The bride is making herself ready. We, we know in Revelations uh, 19, I think it is Re Revelations 19. Let's see, where is that? Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a great wedding feast in a great wedding, okay? But the bride is working on herself. That's us. We have to work on ourselves in order to get prepared and get ready for this great wedding and this great feast that God is going to be bringing to us and we're a part of. And um, I'm just going to go jump right into this whole idea with you about needing armor. So let's throw up this Ephesians 6.11. Uh, throw it up on the board there. Yeah. I said, there we go. So Ephesians 6.11, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, let me ask you this. Why do you need armor? I mean, do you need armor because you're going to a play? Do you need armor because you're going outside to play with your friends? Uh, quite a few of you in here would be pretty old to be doing that, but that's okay. Uh, you know, why do you need armor? It's because you're in a battle. Man, you're in a war. <laughs> you, re you really are. Thank you. He said, come on, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Steve isn't here today, so you'll have to be Steve. Greg Moore. Greg, if you're watching, we love you, man. We, we need Steve back. Come on, Steve. Come on, Steve. That's a joke, everybody. I, it's just a thing between us. You know, listen, it's... it's uh, that's why we need armor, because we're in a battle, you know, and what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about necessarily going, you remember being in Bible Sunday school, and they're teaching you about the armor, and you go through the whole thing, right? Put on the helmet of salvation, take up the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, your feet prepared with the gospel of peace. You know, and we went through that whole thing. And I'm not talking about just being ritualistic and just getting up and going through a bunch of motions. I'm talking about really understanding that we're in a battle. And that if we don't arm ourselves with his word and with his truth, we're not going to be able to stand. You know, it's, criti it's critical that we're suited up so that we can stand against the schemes. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is schemes. Guys, there is a plot, okay? There is a plot. There is a plan. There is a spiritually crafted scheme that we have to pay attention to. We really do. And I know a lot of us are aware of that. And, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, this is crazy times we're living in. But make no mistake, there is a plot, there is a scheme that we have to, we really have to pay attention to. It's a scheme to frustrate. It's a scheme to deceive. It is a scheme to bring confusion. It is a, a scheme to mislead and to cause strife and disagreement. That's the scheme that we're dealing with right now. Let's watch this video real quick. Cue the video. Hope you guys like this. It's good. You're good. I'm just trying to put filler in here. I hope we can get this up because it's really... You got it? No? 
Y'all gonna like this video. <laughs> Technology is great when it works, right? It, and then it's not great when it doesn't work. Huh? No. I can't do this one. It, 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 it's really involved, but it, it is really, really funny. Um, after, 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 yeah, you got it? Oh, okay. I just keep talking long enough and. Come on, yeah. Can you can you guys relate to that? Come on. I just thought it was kind of comical, but you know, as as easy as that is to spot, it's so funny because so many of us get caught unaware of what's going on, and when we're not aware of our surroundings and when we're not aware of what's happening spiritually in our lives. Things just get really blown out of proportion. And, you know, I don't want us to be caught unaware as God's people, as, as a child of God. You know, we can't just, we just can't do life where we just keep going and, you know, we're living from paycheck to vacation to our next big purchase. We have to understand that we are a critical piece of what God is doing here on this earth. We are in the place right now, and we are a part of an epic scene. What do, what, what do, you, what do you get in your mind when you hear of epic scene? You know, I'm a guy. Uh, I'm a guy, so I'm always going to think about battles. And I see epic scenes from great movies that we've seen in the past. And uh, I'm going to put a plug for Lord of the Rings. I, yeah, come on. J.R. Token fan. You know, I, I remember, I see, the, I see the scene, this epic battle of... Uh, Men and elves and dwarves and hobbits all coming to Middle-earth to fight against Sauron and the evil powers. And then they show them fighting and just going at it. Epic, epic. If you have not seen that, you need to go see it. Because it is an exact representation and a picture of what is happening right now. Right now at this particular time in our world. There's never been, there's never been a more vital time for the body of Christ to show up than now. I'm just telling you, there's never been a more vital time for the body of Christ than to show up right now. Because why? Because we bring God's solutions. We, get, we bring God's answers to the, the world's chaos and to the trouble. It doesn't feel like that sometimes. Why? Because we've been distracted. And, 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 and I know you know this, but the last two years has been about distracting the church. Come on. It's been about distracting the church. And, um, you know, 
there's a plan, and it's not accidental. It's not accidental. What we are looking at today has definitely been planned. And uh, I want you to look at this verse, uh, pull up this next verse in Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. And I want you to see this because there's something here that Paul is writing to the Ephesians. And something's happened here that I want you to capture. And it says, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. Everybody say course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh, say now worketh, in the children of disobedience. All right, just look at that for a minute just, and just soak on that for a second. You know, it's such an interesting phrase that Paul's saying here. He says, the prince of the power of the air. Paul is writing to the Ephesians. He's not, he's not writing to the Americans. He's not writing to the Canadians. He's not writing to the Chinese. He's not writing to the New Yorkians. He's not writing to the Californians. He's writing to the Ephesians. I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but we're going to unpack this. Because what's interesting is, uh, this is such an interesting phrase. The, pow- the prince of the power of the air. So interesting. It's, it's a, almost a prophetic, uh, a, pre- a prophetic look or a prophetic um, insight. Almost a prophecy of what was going to happen. What is actually happening right now. For, for our enemy has a scheme. The enemy has a scheme, okay? And he has a plot which literally is to lead us into deception. That's that's the scheme, that's the plot. His actual purpose is to deceive. From the beginning of time when he showed up on this planet, his very first assignment was to create deception. He came to a woman and he said, "Hath God said?" Very first thing he ever did, we see it recorded, had God said. His whole purpose was to deceive and to get mankind to doubt God's promises and his goodness. His whole goal is to separate mankind from God. To separate us from our strength. To separate us from our peace. To separate us from uh, our, our father. That's been his whole goal from the very beginning. And you know what? It only takes, all it takes is agreement. It just takes agreement uh, to make an agreement and you get to enter an anointing. When you you make an agreement, you're entering into an anointing. And let me read what anointing means so this gives you better clarification. The anointing means to nominate, (laughs) nominate or choose someone as a successor to or leading candidate for a position <laughs> make no mistake all of us are entering into agreement every single day of our lives now you have a choice you can either enter into an agreement with the anointing of love or you can enter into the agreement of the anointing of fear it's your choice. And I know that sounds really simple. Like who would want to enter into an agreement of anointing with fear? But yet we do it. 
It's so easy to do it. Why? Because there's a scheme. There is a plot at work right now. And we have to be very aware of what's happening. And so we sit here and we're saying, now the prince of the power of air is really, really, if you want to look at it, is the orchestration of information coming your way, coming my way. The orchestration of information coming your way. So you ask yourself, why do you need armor? Okay, why do you need armor? Because there is a spiritual power at work that is highly effective to lead you to have wrong information. Highly effective. To lead you to have wrong information. Nobody, nobody is not subject to it. We're all subject to it. Because it's, it's, it, it's just barreling out on the airways constantly. And subconsciously, if we're, not, if we're not ready, we're not prepared, we don't have our armor on, what that's going to do is try to find a weak link. It's going to try to find a, quote, a chink in your armor and lodge in and find a place to, to lodge and a place to take root. Okay? Um, can you imagine driving... From Georgia, and I'm going to use this illustration because we did it. Yeah, we can imagine it. Can you imagine, except it was reversed. Can you imagine driving from Georgia to California? Yeah. With two dogs in a cab of a truck breaking wind every 25 minutes. Yeah, I can imagine it. Can you imagine driving from, from Georgia to California and 90%... Okay, 90% of the road signs take you off course. Now, you know it's west, but that's all you know. But 90% of the road signs can take you off course. Every mile marker is wrong. Every state line is wrong. Every intersection is wrong. Listen, you better have something that is internal, that isn't dependent on the information that's being provided for you. Guys, let me tell you something. This is where we're at today. This, it's real. And I'm not talking about misleading you down and over a cliff. I'm talking about misleading you with information with the smallest of things that regard to us as Christians and how we relate to one another. This is huge. This is why I'm saying that God is restoring the church He's restoring the bride, and we are playing, we play a pivotal role in this. Listen, you better have truth, not a truth, because a truth will take you down another road. You better have the truth, the word, governing your life, because the truth brings direction, and it brings clarity. All other truths bring confusion. Okay? Uh, throw up that other slide. No, it's one with the media. There you go. Of course, there's just a few here, but I, I, I wanted to make a point so you could get a visual. So in 1983, there were approximately 50 
independent, this is a blow your mind, 50 independent sources of newspapers, magazines, news broadcasts, radio, movie studios, about 50 of them, okay? Today, as of last year, there are five corporations that produce 90% of the information, the road signs into our lives. But I want you to understand how powerful that is. Five corporations that are leading this. Now, there might, there might still be 50 in that conglomerate, but those corporations own all of them. And they're all saying the same thing. And, uh, you know, this, the prince of the power of air can orchestrate 90% of the information through five corporations. And it just takes a handful of people to orchestrate the information into your daily life. And, and spit out the information they want to spit out. And we're not even touching the universities and the education, uh, educational platforms and all the garbage that they put out. We don't even want to get into that. And, and there's some good ones. I'm not, saying, I'm not knocking them all, but listen, we've got to understand, we're, we're, we're in a battle, man. We're in a war. <laughs> we're in a war, baby. Come on. You know, did you get dressed up today? Did you get dressed up? Did you get prepared? Or did you just let life happen to you? Just roll out of bed and you just let life happen to you. And you don't take any ownership. You're not intentional. You don't, you don't, make, you don't do things with You don't take every step with thought and care. Listen, we have gotten lazy as the church. Sorry, I'm just saying it. We have gotten lazy. And we've let life happen to us instead of us happen to life. Period. And I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it too. I'm not blaming y'all. I'm saying in general, we've all done this. And it's been a plot. It's been a plan. We have been set up. We, are, we have been set up. You know, Paul was talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15. And it's, it's, a, you know, it's a long chapter, so I, I'm not going to go through all of it. But here's the gist. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, study to show yourself approved. Because when you study to show yourself approved, you ensure your salvation and you ensure the salvation of the people that hear you. That was Paul's advice to Timothy 2,000 plus years back. How do you think that's more important? It's just as imperative and important today. We've, we've become a church full of consumers and spectators where we come and we're saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. Tell me what to do. This is why we are where we are today. That's why we've got a generation that doesn't even know who Jesus is and doesn't know what truth is versus a lie because we have not taken ownership of this. And when I say put on the armor of God, I'm not just talking about going through a ritual. Oh, I put my helmet on today, today. I'm talking, that's all combined in reading the Bible and getting the truth for yourself, eating this thing like your life depends on it. Instead, we're eating garbage and junk food. And we want to know why we're not healthy spiritually. 
God, I hope I'm not sounding too hard. I, I just want to encourage you guys this morning. Listen, we're not playing here. I mean, we're not playing. People who are playing are dying. I mean, we know. We've got friends. We've all got friends who used to walk with God, and now they don't walk with him anymore. They don't even believe in him anymore. You know why? Because there's really two teams. This isn't the NFL. There's not 30 teams. There's only two teams. The first team is there's Christ, the anointed one, who is returning in the flesh. He said he was going to come back. I believe he's coming back. He paid for our sins. He gave us eternal salvation. And then there's that other team that doesn't want it to happen. Two teams. Not 30. Two. Two. I want to emphasize, two. Throw, throw up Second John verse 7. You just read that. I'm just going to keep talking. Listen, it's very confusing growing up in this era right now. It is so confusing growing up in this day and age because we've come to believe there's actually a bunch of different teams and those teams team up against the other teams. We argue with each other about who's right. You know, who's righteous? Who's valid? Then we literally hate the other people. You're my enemy. What happened here? <laughs> Here's what happened. We've taken our attention from Christ and we put it on the wrong things. We took the bait. We took the bait. We're not part of the fellowship. You know, we're talking about J.R. Token. We're not a part of the fellowship of the ring. No. We, 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 what's happened to us is we've looked over here and we have joined a company of fellowship that makes being offended look like a spiritual gift. Yeah. It's not a spiritual gift, can I tell you? It's a death sentence. And listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be the first one to confess. I've done it. Matter of fact, I was driving down the road the other day, and God gave me three different people I did it with and said, you need to repent. And you know what I did? And I called all three people. Some of them I got a hold of, some I didn't. Because, because we get so passionate, and we get so stirred up, and there's so much information coming at us, there's so much confusion attached to it. And as soon as I take my eyes off of Jesus, I go down the wrong road. Am I the only one that's going to be willing to say, hey, I've done that? Come on. We've, we've all done it. We're all do, we've all been doing it the last two years. You know, I'm so offended. I'm so easily offended. I'm hyper offended. I'm so injured by what you said to me. I'm so broken. I'm so hurt. Well, for God's sake, stay home. Stay in bed. Don't go outside. Don't look at your phone. We can solve this real easy. Just cut it all off.
oh my gosh. That's so unjust. There's so much injustice attached to that. You people need to repent. Either convert or be destroyed. I am righteous in my injury, and it's okay for me to feel this way. You know, that used to be Christians doing that. Boy, got quiet. In all of our religious circles, in all of our denominations, pointing the finger and getting our eyes off of Jesus. You know, the pendulum has swung now over to the other side. And there is an entire industry, an entire industry aimed at pumping new ideologies into the air. So now we got problems on both sides. And the, the, the confusion and the deception that's attached to that is just it's just crazy. Then we pick team members. You get people to agree with your ideas, and these ideas fight against those ideas, and those ideas fight against these ideas. And then uh, we, we, get, we get all confused, and we say, well, which, which one of these ideas are right and which ones are wrong? And then when they're wrong, we're usually calling those ideas wrong that they're evil, If you disagree with me, then you're evil. If you disagree with me, then I'm canceling you. Christians, I cancel you. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord, I cancel you. Jeez. You know, it's really hard sometimes telling ideas from people. We think they're the same thing. They're not. Ideas are ideas, exactly what it says. They are thoughts. They are things, they're things that people are gra grabbing a hold to, trying to navigate and trying to decide whether they're right or they're wrong. But then when we come in and we start attacking people, then we push them over the cliff. And then we don't want to take any responsibility for it. Why? Because we just entered into an agreement with fear. The anointing of fear instead of the anointing of love. Listen, guys, we can explain everything away that we want to explain to prove that we're right. But the bottom line is if we're not loving people unconditionally and it's not causing people to want to go to Christ, then we're wrong. We're wrong. So why am I saying all this? Because well, I thought you said God was restoring everything. Yes, he is restoring. He did restore everything. You know how he restored it? He restored it in Christ. And now he's waiting for us to catch up with that revelation. But it's hard when the prince of the power of the air. That's more true today than it was 2,000 plus years ago. Because he has control over the thoughts and the minds of those people that are running these five corporations. So why is it, it is so important for us to be able to walk in and, and, and put our armor on every day. 
Listen, if true restoration, if true restoration is going to happen, it's vital for us to be able to separate people from their ideas and love people past their ideas. And it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be hard because it's, it's going to be really difficult because it looks, we want to be right. And I know it's not easy. So I'm not getting up here going, man, I've got it all together. I don't. I fight with this stuff every day. I really do. You know, Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle <laughs> not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, and against the prince of the power of the air. That's our battle. Not people. Listen, the church's greatest weapon is not discipleship. It's not evangelism. It's not spiritual gifts. It's not praise and worship. It's not all the things that are great and are good and we need those things. The church's greatest weapon is love. Love. Love is what activates the spiritual gifts that God has given us. And when we're not walking in love, those gifts become counterfeit. And instead of the intention of it blessing and encouraging people, it damns them. Can I say that? I mean, it, it does, because the heart behind it is not right. Listen, we have to recognize the deception we have all been under. All of us. Not, there's not one person in here that uh, that's, hasn't been subjected to this. We all have to recognize it, and we have to get our focus back on Christ. And what he died and he bled for. And guess what that is? People. Not doctrine. Not theology. Not our church buildings. Not our programs. Not our vision. People. We want to know why the church hasn't started seeing the kind of revival that it needs to see. Because we have been just coasting. And we have forgotten what he did for us. Because a man who doesn't walk away, I can't remember. It's like, what's the verse talks about? A man that sees himself in the mirror and walks away and forgets what he looks like. That's what that is what has happened to the church the last two years. We have looked in the mirror and we have forgotten who we are. It's time to be thankful. It's time to remember what cesspool God pulled you out of. I'm, I'm just, I was pulled out of a cesspool. Now, maybe one of you are a goody two-shoes like my wife was, and she just hardly ever did anything wrong. But the rest of us, we got pulled out of a cesspool. Come on. Let's just be real and let's be honest. Let's start acting like we're thankful about that. Because when we do, and we start walking in the power of our testimony, you know, Revelation said, what, how, what did it say? It said, 
They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the what? Word of their testimony. When the devil steals your testimony, he has stolen the church's voice. It's the testimony that wins people over. Not your fancy words. Not, you know, you're so educated. I'm not knocking any of that stuff. I'm just saying, what pulls people out of the darkness into the light is real. (laughs) Real. Authentic, genuine, intentional, real love. That's it. We want to complicate things. We want to complicate. We, we, if we keep overcomplicating it, we are going to be, we are going to be waiting for a long time for revival to hit. And it's coming, but it's going to come through you, and me, and us as a group of people, understanding why we're here, and that we're not here just to get through this life. We're a part of eternity. Amen. <laughs>